Welcome to the Nancy Ray Book Club, where every once in a while an episode will be comprised of my thoughts on a book worth reading and my top three takeaways from that book. Today we'll be looking at the book, The Year of Living Happy, and a few ideas that have really stayed with me since reading it. You're listening to Work and Play with Nancy Ray, episode 15. Much of our daily lives can be divided into two categories, work and play. Simply put, that is where our life and our legacy take place. This is a podcast all about learning to work and play well, which leads to a healthy soul and a fulfilling life. Listen in. So I picked this book up because I heard an interview with the author, Allie Worthington, where she said a few things that really resonated with me. She said a lot of times today, happiness can sound shallow or superficial and like it's not a worthwhile pursuit, but that joy is something that is deep and worth pursuing and has more meaning than happiness. But what she found in all of her research is that the words for happiness and joy in the Bible are actually interchangeable. And the Bible talks a lot about joy, so that means the Bible talks a lot about being happy, which... I kind of found fascinating. So she went on this journey to live a year of happy, right? To to be happy for a year and really dive in. What does that mean? Where does she find this joy or happiness? And she did a lot of research on happiness. And her research on all of this happiness has just been proving the Bible to be true. When the Bible talks about focusing on gratitude and thankfulness and praise, all of that proves to make you more happy. As you know, if you've been following me or if you've listened to episode three especially, contentment has been a theme that God has been teaching me for a long time. And the subtitle to this book is Finding Contentment and Connection in a Crazy World. So those are a lot of the reasons why I've been interested in reading this book. What I didn't realize is that this is more of a devotional type book instead of a deep dive with long chapters. And so As I picked it up and started reading, my expectations had to change a little bit because the layout wasn't quite what I was expecting, um, which taught me a lesson. Every time I want to read a book, I do need to crack open the cover and kind of flip through it just so I know what I'm getting into and look inside of it. But I will say, I do think that this book um, has been a little bit of a light read because you only read one to two pages at a time. That's how the content is broken up. It is a perfect gift book for a woman in your life. I think it's a great hostess book um, because it's like a simple devotional, but it's really, really encouraging. So with that, let's dive into my three takeaways from this book. Number one, it's God's word. Number two, it's being generous. And number three, it's friendships. And I'm going to break that down for you and why those three things are my takeaways. So let's look at God's word. How is God's word the source of our happiness? Well, if you look at the Bible, the very beginning of time, when God created us, He created us to walk with Him in the garden. And I think that's a perfect picture of happiness and fulfillment, perfection. And the lie that the enemy told Adam and Eve was God's rules, God's word, keeps us from being happy. When in reality, His words keep us in the greatest joy and happiness that we can possibly experience. Proverbs 16.20 says, Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers, and blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. So one of the phrases out of Allie's book is, 
When we learn to faithfully follow the instructions God has given us in His Word, we will find that our lives ending up looking a lot more like the garden He intended for us. And I love that analogy. I'm reading now a study on Revelation, and it talks about how the Bible is basically a book from one garden to another garden. There's the Garden of Eden, the very beginning of time, and then there's the new earth and the new garden at the very end of the book of Revelation. And we're struggling all in the meantime with sin, but God has given us the answer through Jesus to walk in that contentment and joy and happiness now in our relationship with Him. So I love that she redirects you back to God's Word saying, this is where we can find happiness. Everything that God created for us is for our goodness, and it's true. So when we cling to God's Word, we are going to be happy. When we embrace it and faithfully walk in it, we are going to find happiness there. My second takeaway is that happiness is directly tied to our generosity. She opens up one of her devotionals by saying, The happiest seasons in my life have come when I've made the choice to intentionally invest my time in others. When I set aside a morning, a lunch meeting, or an evening and made space in my world for the express purpose of pouring into others, I feel happier. There is so much joy that comes from knowing you've made a difference in the life of someone else just by being available and willing. She goes on to talk in this devotional about her friend who really makes generosity a habit in her life. And I love this concept. I love this idea. Her friend makes Sunday her day to volunteer on the parking lot team at our church. And then Monday is an encouragement card that she hands right and sends to um, a friend at church just to encourage them. And then sometime during a weekday in her week, she intentionally prays for a friend and then texts them to tell them this. And these are these are small things. These are things that you can do every every week or every day, right? They're not huge, but it's shifting your mindset out of being so self-focused to being focused on others. And I just love that because I feel like one of the things that jumped out at me in this page was the simple fact that it's only a fraction of our time. It's only a lunch. It's only a morning. It's only an evening. You just block off that time in your calendar for somebody else. And I've got three small kids and I run a business and sometimes it just feels like, well, I don't have time to go to the soup kitchen and volunteer. I don't have time to be generous in that way, which that's not true for one, right? But the point is, is that you just make time on your calendar. Like you write it down, you block it off. And whether that's inviting a friend into your home or volunteering somewhere, you just make time. And if you make time to be generous, you will be so much happier. I know for me personally, when I take the time to get my eyes off myself and focus on someone else's need, someone else's pain, or someone else's joy, and I join them where they are, I really am a lot happier. I want you to just think about in your life, when are times that you've actually set your own agenda and life aside to bless somebody else or encourage someone else or just come alongside them? That is what life is about. And really, it's not just happiness that you're getting. It's it's like fulfillment. It's a deep kind of happiness and joy that you experience. So being generous is definitely um, one way that you can be happier. So the third takeaway for me is just, this is awesome. This is probably the one thing that has stood out to me of everything else I've read. Um, it's all about friendships and having solid friendships in your life. 
And what she says in the book is that researchers have determined that spending time with friends that you like increases your happiness as much as if you had a $133,000 per year raise. Y'all, if you just hang out with people you like, you can basically get a raise of 133 grand. That's amazing. First couple things that stood out to me. I think it's fascinating that you can measure happiness levels. They literally did research on happiness levels, comparing people who had a raise of $133,000 to people who hung out with friends they like all the time, and they measured their happiness. I don't really know how you do that. I think some of that's subjective, obviously, but I just think it's fascinating, really. Those happiness levels were the same. Number two, for me, this this brought some things home. Like in the season I'm in, I'm looking ahead towards next year. And if you look back in episode four of Seasons of Business, you'll know that I'm in the middle of a really big transition right now. So I'm in my last year of my photography business. I'm looking ahead to next year and I'm literally watching my bank account go down this year. And next year is a big question mark. And I've thought like, I'm wrestling a lot with my value and bringing an income home and what it's going to be like to not bring an income home, maybe, or maybe a little one, or maybe none at all. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. It's a big question mark. But the bottom line is if I'm pursuing a new season that God has called me to, and I feel like I've heard God tell me that this season is a season of abundance, which I have heard him say those things. I'm realizing that abundance doesn't mean dollars. And I know this, but this research proves this to be true. Like $133,000 a raise, getting that every year is the equivalent of hanging out with the friends and and people that are dear in your life that you love. Um, it's, It's the same amount of happiness. And so for me, it just blessed me. It blessed me where I am in the season of life I'm in because I'm looking ahead thinking, My bank account might be going down, but I'm about to get a raise because I'm going to have time to spend with friends that I love more often, more frequently, to go deeper with them and do life with them. And it just made me so grateful and really excited looking ahead. So that's just kind of on a personal note what that meant to me. Um, But it's just so awesome to think that, yeah, you can work your butt off and make a lot more money, or you can just go hang out with your friends and it's the same amount of happiness. I just thought that was really cool. So just to recap, the three things that were my big takeaways from this book is that God's word makes you happy because he gives you the guidelines in life for your good and your happiness. And I just want to dive all into his word. Number two, being generous. If I can just live with my mind, not totally focused on Nancy every single day, but I'm looking out and strategically planning ways in my week to bless other people, I'm going to be happier. And three, making time for friendships, spending time with people that you love to spend time with is simply going to make you happier. It's going to give you a raise in life in general. So if you've read this book along with me in the book club, you know that it's full of tiny little nuggets just like this all throughout the book. And if you haven't read the book yet, it is a great, easy read that's very inspiring and encouraging. Hope you enjoy it. So at most, this episode could have just given you a $133,000 raise. At least, it could have made you a bit more aware of your own happiness, encouraging you to pay attention to what you're seeking 
to fill your happiness. My prayer for you today is that you find time to listen to God's word, fall in love with it, and embrace his good plan for you. And that you find a way to be generous, even if it's small, and that you make plans to spend time with dear friends. And by doing those things, that you'll be happier. Thanks for listening to episode 15 of Work and Play with Nancy Ray. Everything I've mentioned today can be found in the show notes at nancyray.com slash podcast slash 15. And you can find me at nancyray.com or follow me at Nancy Ray on Instagram or Facebook almost daily. I'm going to close with words from Allie Worthington, the author of The Year of Living Happy. Our happiness in life doesn't come from the things we acquire, but from the people we inspire. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.